Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Ben Reichley. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Central Susquehanna Valley. And you are listening to On the Mark. And Ben Reichley is here as I sit here, but I'm also joined by. Would you like to be Todd Roop or Todd Brennan since oh, you're back in the studio? Todd Todd Brennan died a long time ago. <laughs> uh, let's say the former Todd Brennan is here in WKP the body news. in the body of Todd Roop. Morning, Ben. Good morning. Good morning. Good to have you back. First time up here on the hills pre-COVID? Uh, probably. And I and, and Mark said that you actually requested me for this particular gig here. Well, I thought or was so. he exaggerating? Well, well, you, you, I, and you dressed for it, well, too. And we'll, we'll see if you regret that decision yeah. in about an hour and well, a half. You're looking but yeah. good. Well, I'm going to recreate as soon as we're done I uh, think with you this should. Particular, uh, particular program here. And we are joined by Rob Center, our producer, and we'll uh, have bumper music, and we might even uh, talk a little sports because uh, Phillies have made some changes and they seem to be positive. They need to get uh, Harper back. But uh, one thing I would, because I know you're there, maybe we can talk about the demise of the Flyers. Well, we'll say they that. did not even have a good offseason yet. No. Uh, so it's pretty pretty horrible. I you know, I spent some of my winter in Tampa and uh, have been attending Tampa Bay Lightning games. So mm-hmm. Flyers are still near and dear to my heart, but I am a Lightning fan right now. Good hockey is good hockey. Good hockey is good hockey. On the mark brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. They are on 4th Street in Sunbury and the Kia store is in Hummel's Wharf. You can uh, get what you need for transportation. See the folks down there. Stop in and see Jeff Clock. I think uh, Jeff Clock and Tom Mertz might be on their way to Michigan to uh, hijack a couple. Uh, oh, they're taking the truck, the car carrier out. Car and carrier out and, and uh, getting about uh, 10 to 12 F-150s, maybe a Lightning, the uh, EV model, and uh, maybe they'll pick up a, uh, a couple other uh, excur- or excursion expeditions, Broncos, et cetera, et cetera. But Sunbury Motor Company, 4th Street, the Kia dealership over on Hummel's Wharf, Used to be the old Biff Burger. Go in and ask for a uh, for a super Biff and see what they say. At but, about uh, two a.m. in the morning, I remember those days. <laughs> I think that was the Ho Hum at two a.m. Oh, that was in the, the morning. Year, you know, you are right. That was the Ho Hum around two o'clock. Or the, the Shell morning. Diner, but yeah. uh, no, the Kia store over in Hummel's Wharf. Great job. And if you're ever up in State College, stop by Lion Country Kia. That's uh, a Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, they will take care of your transportation needs. Mr. Roop. How are you today, Ben? Good. Should we get right into this? I, I, I have the, the question that has multiple answers in multiple segments, but I'm going to throw this out. Sure. Your time in Harrisburg was 
20... 28 years. Eight years? Yep. Okay. 15 with uh, as Chief of Staff for Senator Helfrick, and then 13 with uh, Chief of Staff for Senator John Gordner. Rest in peace, Ed Helfrick. A good man, a man of principle, and I could pair Ed Helfrick to uh, Governor... Bob Skip Casey, in that both both the men ha- men had their opinions, but they stayed to principles. One was a Republican, one was a Democrat, you but bet. they stayed to their principles. You know, I worked under seven different governors. All had their strengths and all had their weaknesses, but I still respect the most the very first governor who was there when I was in Harrisburg, and that was Bob Casey, because when he looked you in the eye... Bob Skip Casey, yep, though, to make to, sure and, we're not and, Senator and, Casey. Not Senator Casey, his son, but he, when he told you something, you could take that to the mm-hmm. bank. And Senator Helfrich was the same way, too. A very principled man. I think he might be frustrated, you know, at the state of, of politics today, because it was a little bit more gentlemanly back then. Uh, he had just as many friends on the Democratic side of the aisle as he did on the Republican side of the aisle. But, uh, yeah, he, he led a good life. And uh, first time I wore a suit since I retired in six years was Senator Hoffer's funeral. So no, I felt he deserved that respect. Question I have, though, and I know we have a caller, but the question I have, we'll have this as the overall theme. Last uh, week, uh, I think the 9 o'clock hour, our theme was love, and that was was like a lot of huggy, kissy type of, uh, you know, rhetoric. But we'll we'll get a little bit more involved here, because my question is Harrisburg, how it works and how doesn't it work. So we'll get into those details. Cool. But uh, right now, let's go to uh, kick the show off. Uh, the coin has been flipped. The ball is in the air. And we'll let Stan make the first return. Stan, you are on the mark. Good morning. Uh, I don't know. They, they probably talked about it this week. I wasn't able to listen. So, you know, about the stuff that's going on with gun control in this, the House down there in, in Washington, voting to ban assault weapons when... It's obvious they have no idea what they're talking about as far as a firearm is concerned. Now, well, Stan, let me it, ask you this. It is, uh, and, and I'll do respect, I believe it is impossible, 90%, because it can't be 100% down there, 90% impossible for them not to know what they're talking about. It's just that it doesn't fit the narrative of one group or another, so they just throw it out there and gaslight or BS, and if you BS enough, people nod their head and start to believe it. Oh, on, on some levels, I agree with you, Ben, but when, when a congressman, I, I, it's Cicerelli or something like that, his name is, I'm not sure where he rep, what state he's represented, puts a poster up, I've seen the video, and it's a it's an AR style pistol with with a with a pistol brace, and he could goes and calls that a bump stock, which it doesn't move, which a bump stock does move. It's how it works. There are people that don't know; they need to look it up and get the true facts about it. He calls that a bump stock, and he says, with that brace on there, that makes that pistol go full auto, makes it act like a full auto. Well, that's one hundred percent a lie. Now, he either doesn't know what he's talking about, or you're right. He totally misrepresented what he was showing there. Okay, because, you know, I don't know how else to do it. It's not a shoulder stock. It's a brace. And quite frankly, I have no use for AR pistols. I've held them, and frankly, I don't know how you'd shoot them one accurately. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. They are what they are. The BATF is the one that approved the, the pistol brace for use by handicapped people so that they could use those. And it does nothing to support, you know, other than it helps stabilize the gun in, in a handicapped person's hand. 
that's what it was designed for. Now, whether that's always how it's used, I can't say because I don't use one. But that's one thing that they did. Now, they will refuse to acknowledge, okay, in Indiana over the weekend, a, guy, a good guy with a gun in the mall took out a guy armed with a rifle, semi-automatic, who killed three within from 15 seconds from the time the shooting, the, the bad guy started shooting till it was over, okay? Now, the guy, he wasn't close. He was 40 yards away, and he shot 10 rounds at the guy, hit him with eight. This was with a handgun, not a rifle, a handgun. And, and the left is constantly telling us that can't happen, that won't happen. The guy with the rifle's always got the advantage. No, he doesn't. The good shooter has the advantage. Well, Stan, if I heard some versions of that, and I believe the, and don't hold me to this, but the the off the the sheriff or the police chief, whatever the term was, came out and uh, said the man was a hero and and saved lives. And if if the left wants to say that's not right, uh, you know that 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 starts to get into the confusing part, and that's where now the people of some common sense are saying. Democrat, Republican, Independent, Greeny, Communist, whatever term you want to be, and whoever you want to be, uh, 95% of the people will say, I think that's more positive than negative that somebody, I wish, some will say, I wish somebody wasn't killed, but on mm-hmm. the other hand, if somebody stops people from killing more people, give me the person who thinks that's not a positive. Well, there are, there are people. Now, it was out on the Twitter world, so you you got to take that for what it's worth. Well, that's the sewage. The, that's the, the, the sewage I think of Mom of Demands media. Action is one, the leader of that, and it was another anti-gun group, says that, well, he was in a gun-free zone, and he shot the bad guy with his legally carried gun. Okay? She made it like that was a bad thing, that he took out the bad guy. Stan. You know, if he hadn't been there... How many hundred? How many? How many dozens of people would have been dead? Possibly, but Stan, let me ask you this: With the Second Amendment in the United States, is there really anywhere that there's a gun-free zone? In my opinion, no. But I mean, the, the government doesn't like them in courthouses and government. Well, buildings. no, I understand. Okay. There's certain situations. That, that, that's right, and, and they don't it. like it in banks and. Well, but I, I have seen guns in courthouses. I have seen guns in banks. I have seen guns around political people, Uh, so, I mean, you know, the security and and other things. So is there really a gun-free zone anywhere in America? Well, no, no, it's it's always gun-free that the law-abiding citizen isn't supposedly allowed to take. Now, armed security, you're right, Then The hypocrites in the DNC and, and others, I'm sure the Republicans are, some of them are the same way. They have their armed security. But they are the ones that would want to tell the, the law-abiding citizens, the normal citizens, that, no, you can't own a firearm to protect yourself. Or you can't own the, the firearm that you want to own to protect yourself. You can only use the prescribed firearms that we say is okay. That's not what the Second Amendment says. Well, okay? It has nothing to do with what kind of gun you can or can't have. Stan, give me one or two regulations that would make gun ownership and gun usage somewhat uh, make sense to even the people who are are not advocates of guns. Is there one or two items, regulations, you said that could be implemented? Now, one thing I will say right off, if we enforce the laws that are out there, that would be a positive. But is there one or two items that you think could be regulations and or laws that would benefit uh, society as a whole? 
No, considering we got thousands of them now, and they don't enforce the ones we have. <laughs> okay. So why would you pile another one? Yeah, just, Let's enforce just a couple, the laws that we have and see how that works out. Just a couple of comments here. I wish we'd be focusing a little bit more on why some of these young men who are really the overall majority of the shooters like this, why are they having such mental health issues that they feel that the way that they take out their frustrations <laughs> is by grabbing a gun? You know, Stan, assault weapon is not even a legal term. It's, it's a mm-hmm. media term. It's it's a descriptor. It's a symbol. Um, you're not allowed I to know. own. You're not allowed to own a fully automatic weapon in this country. They've been yes, outlawed. Well, yeah, you you need to jump through a lot yeah. of hoops for that. That's um, true. That was initiated basically after the machine guns, you know, of the old mobsters. But I don't know why we can't concentrate a little bit more and try and dig deeper into finding out why some of these young men, the overwhelming majority of these mass shootings lately, are having these problems and why that can't be identified. Why did the July 4th shooter's father sign off on him buying firearms after they were at the home previously confiscating knives after he threatened to kill the family. Mm-hmm. Why? And, and that's bad parenting out there. I mean, you go, you go back to uh, 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 parenting. Not only bad parenting, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but the system failed us, didn't it? Because if you're going to go into a home and take a person's knife because he's been, and, and he was threatening other people, don't you think that the law enforcement has the authority to take this person for a mental evaluation and involuntarily commit him. Once he's involuntarily committed, that goes into the system records where he cannot purchase a firearm legally. That right there would have stopped it. Yep, the ball was dropped, no doubt about it. Yeah, Stan, I, I would say when, when I asked the question overall, one of the things I, I look at is the lack of communication between agencies or the the local government to the state government to the federal government. We saw that with 9-11. But looking at two, two things I look at is the communication, what you just talked about, if somebody came up. Now, when you get into mental health, you are talking about laws that get involved in HIPAA. However, my, my point is always is the local and the feds in the same database that they can understand and for enforce implement laws that are, are there for public safety and in my mind it, it seems to be gaps and when those gaps happen bad things occur and we, we see that happen yeah that, that was the intent of the pick system in pennsylvania and the NICS system uh naturally mm-hmm. the instant check systems and when i was with senator right. helfrick we actually worked on that and that was back in the 90s so i'm not even sure that that particular law hasn't been amended since but there are certainly some loopholes that they're they're <laughs> how, how do we tighten them up though and that's that's the question without infringing upon as you said privacy rights health rights whatever well, Stan, Let, final thoughts. I talked to the Montour County Sheriff, okay? Hmm. I asked him, point blank. I said, when they were talking about the enhanced red flags or enhanced background checks, I said, do they, is juvenile records part of the system for the picks when they do a background check? He said, no. So right there's a problem. Yep. And, he, you know, you got a bunch of people, kids from whatever age, up to 18 causing problems. Some of them have committed murder, armed robbery, stabbings, and whatever else, and they've been convicted of it, but that is never in the system unless they're charged as an adult. Then maybe it is, but that I'm not 100% sure. But as a juvenile, it is not in the system. Now, supposedly with this enhanced background check law, now that will be opened up, which it should have never been closed, in my opinion. 
Well, I would agree with you there, Stan. And, and again, implementation of laws would go a long way. Stan, appreciate the call. Enjoy your weekend, and I'm sure the uh, gentleman will look forward to your call on Monday. All right. Thank you. Interesting standpoint, when you talk to people who are in the industry, uh, their information and their frustration is laws that are there aren't being done. Now, you talk to police officers, and they get in the same scenario. We arrest people, we take them in, they don't get charged, or they walk out. So the, the frustration runs deep in enforcing laws. We're going to take a break. You're listening to On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with expertise and tools with Windows 11 to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. To do more with a Latitude laptop, Dell Technologies recommends Windows 11 Pro for business. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. In the wee hours of the night, when everyone else is fast asleep, you're the one on third shift, burning the midnight oil. When a part fails and everything comes to a grinding halt, regardless of what the clock on the wall says, you leap into action. Granger is with you and all the ones who get it done with 24-7 customer support by phone or click to chat. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Paul Alexander with Crosby, Malkin, mm-hmm. and Latang. No word on whether or not the band's going to be kept together. So that was a tough one. Much as I love hockey, and I do love hockey. I really don't like the NHL very much. You hit Sidney Crosby in the head as much as you would like. It's not even penalized. The Steve Jones Show, 3 to 5 weekdays on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
Hi, everybody. John Crispin on today's show to talk basketball. Three to five, News Radio 1070, WKOK. Sweet City Woman. Sweet, Sweet City Woman. I could name that tune in two notes, Rob. Okay. I think we heard this before we went to break, so we had a double bookend bumper music. Yeah, there's there. an echo in here today. So, back to the main question, sure. Harrisburg. So, uh, and we'll get on this through the hour, but but is it working and why isn't it working? Uh, you have to understand that I haven't been there since November of 2016, so it's been a long time. Uh, I have... Your, your hair has gotten grayer, though. Well, my hair is much grayer than it retirement, was. Retirement, is too. that stressful? Haircuts are not necessary anymore when you're <laughs> retired. But And, I, you know, I've talked to some of the folks who are still there, and there, there's a frustration level because, much like Washington anymore, um, the Republicans tend to nominate and run the writer-leaning candidates, mm-hmm. and the Democrats tend to run the more liberal progressive candidates. And there's very little meeting in the middle. When I was in the Senate originally, Republicans held the majority, but we held six seats at one time that had Democratic registration edges in the district. Mm-hmm. Now, they were mostly around Philadelphia uh, and, and the Pittsburgh area, and that has changed a lot, too, in terms of the demographics of the state. But by definition, those people had to be moderates to get elected in that district. It was how we held the majority, you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any more because, first of all, redistricting has gotten so darn precise, uh, and that's a problem, yeah. um, in terms of the amount of money that is available anymore, you know, for campaigns. It's absolutely ludicrous uh, money that could be used elsewhere. The Citizens United decision that opened up third-party money um, I understand, you know, that the Supreme Court sided on the area of free speech there, but, um, you know, so anyway, we've elected far right and far left and not enough people, I think, in the middle anymore. Now, there would be some who would say, well, you know, you compromised all those years and things never got any better anyway. Uh, The rise of populism that many of the establishment politicians are wringing their hands over is pretty much what you would expect to come out of people not being satisfied with what their government has been doing for them. Yeah, I would think the frustration level is very high. Yeah, it is. And then when a business person comes in and starts to try to adapt business principles to government and they get frustration but well government's not never going to operate like a business i realize that that's a good republican talking point we need to run this place like a business it's never going to run but i I always say business like business like from the standpoint of the basic principles if your revenues are x and you must spend y and z that doesn't but what are your what what are the the policies and what are your priorities? Uh, public safety, education, environmental, economic stimulus. You know, what, what are the priorities? And one thing down in Washington, I know we're talking about Harrisburg, down in Washington, if they don't get back to regular order soon to get budgets and they keep doing the these continuing, continuing resolutions, resolutions. This, this is ridiculous. The American people should stand up and say, no, no, 
you get back to regular order and get a budget. But in Harrisburg, the budget process is very unique as you've been through it. It is. You know, Washington apparently has decided that we no longer need to have a balanced budget. We no longer need to address the debt and the deficit. They mm-hmm. apparently have decided that that is off the table because these continuing resolutions keep going. I'll tell you a few things that used to bother me when we were sitting at the table doing the budget. And one nice thing about uh, working for the majority whip as I did toward the end of my career is we were at all the meetings. We were at all the we were all at all the big boy meetings where long pants were being worn. Okay, the, where the decisions were made. The first thing that really frustrated me a whole lot when I started working hands on on the budget as a staffer is that they couldn't decide what the budget was going to be until they came up with a spend number. In other <laughs> words, we're going to find the spend number first. And there used to be some of us sitting there and saying, well, isn't the spend number since we have to have a balanced budget basically close to the revenues that are coming in. So would you say that was bass backwards? It absolutely was. Nobody budgets their home budget like that. <laughs> what would you like to spend this year, Ben? <laughs> and, and that used to be that used to be incredibly frustrating. Now you understand that you know the governor comes in and he has his priorities and the mm-hmm. Republicans in the House and Senate have their priorities and the Democrats in the House and Senate have their priorities. But you can't throw them all into the mix and say, okay, what's the final spend number before we start working on the numbers themselves? And that that used to really be a frustrating point. Government accountability. I mean, and I look at it this way. If DEP, which I think is a misnamed, when it was DER, mm-hmm. Department of Environmental Resources, okay, how are those resources going to be used? Now we're in the DEP, Development or Department of Environmental Protection, or don't expect permits. Don't expect permits. If you're in the uh, <laughs> building or construction industry. But the the scenario of government accountability and education, and just talking with a gentleman yesterday, uh, last two days, on how funding goes to schools. And I no problem with funding to schools. I know there's inequities or, okay, that needs to be worked out. But when you get government money in your school, state, down through the federal, how are you accountable for that? If you get government money to your county or to your township, the PenVest money that goes for waterworks projects, mm-hmm. I, I see that you know every time they come out or you it's see their program. application, and it is a good program. Low interest loans or grants. But, but the question, the frustration, when people say to me is, how the damn money's being spent and are we getting our money's worth? Well, that can be hard to define. It can be hard to define. All, all of these grants and programs have what they call closeout periods. Mm-hmm. And and this is all public information. You can go on uh, the state website, look under Office of the Budget, and you can find a whole wealth of information out there. It's all on paper, you know, somewhere. Um, does it come, does it always work? No, it, it doesn't always work. Um, I, I remember when we used to have what they called the WAMs, the walking around money, the 10, 25, $50,000 grants. We actually pulled back a couple of those in the district because it turned out that the organization wasn't spending them the way they applied for it in their application. Um, so there is supposed to be accountability, but really who is watching that 100% of the time and I don't know. It's, it, it's generally not the General Assembly, and generally not the administration, if they want to move forward with a project. I know we're, gonna, we're coming up on a break here, but he, here's an interesting part that people started to figure out after they got into it, where our transportation funds are there for infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. There is above-surface infrastructure, roads and bridges, and there's subsurface infrastructure, waterways and yep. water sewer. But 
I don't know how you fund a security organization out of your infrastructure and meaning the state police. The state police. So when that $400 million plus was getting taken out and people were getting frustrated once they found this out, wasn't there a better way to fund the state yeah, police? I, I don't know how much time we have. That's a long story, but I know the whole thing if you'd like to hear well, it. Well, we can get into it in the next yeah, hour. Very good. But the frustration. And then the also, under the inside baseball scenario we talked about, was the turnpike. Meaning, uh, and, and very interesting information. If people understand, I'll let you tell them. Okay, the turnpike. very good. I look forward to it. So, we will come back the next hour. We will be with Todd Root, formerly known at WKOK as Todd Brennan. Uh, we thank Rob Center for keeping the controls here. I feel like Rob Center is the Scotty of the On the Mark show today. You're listening to On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. This is WKOK. News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Deborah Rodriguez in New York. President Trump is beginning his workday in isolation at the White House after testing positive for COVID. COVID response coordinator Ashish Jha says Mr. Biden's a little tired but holding up well. What's next? Correspondent Nancy Cordes is at the White House. We are expecting another update from the president's personal doctor sometime later today. And in the coming days, tests will determine whether he did in fact contract the highly contagious BA5 subvariant, which is now responsible for about 80% of cases in the United States. The president's taking the antiviral Paxlovid. So far, the first lady's tested negative. Matthew Pottinger, one of two former White House aides who testified at last night's January 6th hearings, says he quit after witnessing former President Trump watching the riot on TV but doing nothing to stop it. I simply didn't want to be associated with uh, uh, with the events that were unfolding on the Capitol. Correspondent Scott McFarlane is on Capitol Hill. After its eighth public hearing, the committee said there's more to come. We have considerably more to do. Doors have opened, new subpoenas have been issued, and the dam has begun to break. During the hearing, we also heard from former President Trump, who slammed the committee on social media, saying they were making a fake case. Police in Chicago say five people were stabbed at a commuter train station overnight. Four are in critical condition. CTA officials say there was a report of a disturbance on the red line near the North Clybourne station. No word yet on whether the stabbing was on a train or a platform. We've just gotten an update on two police officers shot in Rochester, New York last night. One of them didn't make it. Police Chief David Smith. Officer Anthony Mazurkowitz, a father, a husband, and a 29-year veteran of the Rochester Police Department was killed in the line of duty while in service to our community. A woman nearby was wounded. Still no motive and no suspect. Thick, hot air is still blanketing a lot of the country. Correspondent Cammie McCormick. From Phoenix, where volunteers are out on the streets to help the most vulnerable. We have sunscreen and misters. Would you like any cold water? Yes, to New York. It's going to feel like it's between 95 and 105 degrees for the area over the next couple of days. In Nevada. Excessive heat warning, and that does include Las Vegas because we're expecting some very hot temperatures. The high Thursday in Death Valley, California, 122 degrees. Twitter is blaming missed revenue expectations today on Elon Musk, trying to renege on a $44 billion acquisition deal. This is CBS News. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance 
so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. This is Joe Cordell. In other ads, I've talked about the weighty matters that are on the table in divorce. Assets, debts, spousal support, and of course, children. But here I want to talk to you about a troublesome issue that arises early and often in the divorce process, but which attorneys, including myself, say too little about. And that's the cost of a divorce. Yet as important as this factor is, it shouldn't overwhelm the more deserving issues that are raised by divorce. But here are just a few things that Cordell & Cordell is doing to help. We have now reduced our initial deposit or retainer. Also, there's no longer a charge for initial consultations for those who retain. And finally, we now provide on the front end a maximum fee pledge for certain modification and support matters. The bottom line is that to be a partner men can count on, we have to think about all their needs. And attorney fees are no exception. Online at CordellCordell.com. Offices in Philadelphia, Radnor, and Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Michelle Ferrari, licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. USPS says it's working on those EVs. The Postal Service says it's stepping up its purchase of electric-powered vehicles. The move comes after the Biden administration and environmental groups said its plan to replace the fleet wasn't moving fast enough to meet national climate change goals. So the new plan is for USPS to upgrade 50% of its 50,000 next-gen vehicles to electric instead of just 20%. The first of those should roll out onto delivery routes next year. Monica Ricks, CBS News. A History Channel star is asking for prayers for his former co-host. A lot of people, as soon as they open the door, they're like, no, no, no. American Pickers Mike Wolf posted on Instagram, Frank Fritz is hospitalized after suffering a stroke. The two antique hunters traveled the country rummaging through junkyards and attics in search of valuables for resale. Fritz dropped out of the series last summer. Wolf says now is not the time to talk about why. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Yeah, I'm so stressed. Our business is growing. We've got people all over now. Uma. What is that? Meditation? I'm recommending Uma and their all-in-one phone, video, and collaboration solution. Uma? Yep. Switching to Uma is a cinch. Just $24.95 per month per user, plus taxes and fees. Uma. Now you're feeling it. Visit Uma.com. That's O-O-M-A dot com to learn more. Uma. Smart communications for the smarter business. Under the Hood. Sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Interest in electric vehicles is growing. Auto expert Jeff Gilbert spoke to Morning Consult auto analyst Lisa Whalen. It's a mixture of new products coming, more attention being paid to EVs, and higher gasoline prices. We definitely see some inflection points happening with respect to EV interest and ultimate purchase. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Ben Reikley. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. And it's not just Ben Reikley, but I am here. We have the former Todd Brennan, who is now in the form of Todd Roop. Morning, everybody. I feel good to be back up here on the hill. Uh, it doesn't feel bad. <laughs> 
Well, good. It's better than the alternative. <laughs> Had to right? get up a little earlier than normal, but okay. you know, you got the dogs it. out early. Dogs are out and fed, and, and fresh water. Very so, important. So the, right yeah. Now. So the dogs probably thought, "Why are we getting up so early?" to do this. But uh, again, you're listening to On the Mark, and uh, we are joined by Todd Roop today as a uh, special co-host. On the Mark brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Sunbury Motor Company is on 4th Street in Sunbury. You can get yourself a Ford. You can get yourself a Hyundai over on 1115 in Hummel's Wharf. You can get yourself a Kia. If you're over in uh, Sunbury, see Jeff Clock for the special offering of uh, Todd if you take a test drive in a Ford drive down south of Sunbury to a place called Penn's Tavern mm-hmm. if you purchase that car before you do when you're driving you'll get a coupon for a discount at, at lunch at Penn's Tavern I believe well, so uh, actually that was the last place we were out to eat Penn's okay. Tavern so, we, uh, uh, so check in with deck. Jeff Clock and ask about that special and uh, I'm sure he's got to nod his head one way or the other there but uh, on, on the other hand stop over and see Austin over at the Kia dealership a uh, you will uh, you'll get the deal best deal on the Golden Strip there at the Kia store. So Sunbury Motor Company, get your transportation needs taken care of, and uh, you're going to jump back. This is sort of back to the future for you, isn't it? Uh, The last time I did news on this radio station was 1987. So see if I I can still do it. I begged Allie to stay, but she said she had to go to her other job. So would that be considered last century? Oh, man, it was a long... I I was not gray back then. Okay, folks, let's go back to last century. And for the news, Todd Brunner. Thank you, sir. Here's a couple of headlines Folks, a Northumberland County couple is facing numerous child abuse and related charges after they allegedly abused their adopted 12-year-old girl and 14-year-old boy. Court papers say the charged are 50-year-old Jennifer Marks and 48-year-old Christopher Marks of Northumberland. Both were arraigned Wednesday. They are free on $20,000 unsecured bail each, but the children have been removed from the home. Motorists could see delays on Monday in the area of the Veterans Memorial Bridge as PennDOT will be back. Working. PennDOT says there will be a lane restriction on the northbound side of the Veterans Memorial Bridge. That's heading from Sunbury to Shemokin Dam. PennDOT says crews will be installing a new electric pole, and that is expected to be completed the same day. <laughs> U.S. Senator, well, yeah, I know, that 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 could be, but it's, it's only a pole. They ought to be able to put a pole up in a day. Uh, U.S. Senator Bob Casey will be joining local leaders today in Snyder County to announce $725,000 in federal funding for the Walker Lake Dam project. Walker Lake Dam in Adams Township is classified as a high hazard potential dam, meaning if the dam would fail, it could result in potential loss of life or significant property damage. The funding comes from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. They have a watershed rehabilitation program, and that invests in the rehab of high hazard dams. And the Fish and Boat Commission in Pennsylvania will begin the process of repairing the Walker Lake Dam. That is actually the fourth highest ranked dam for rehabilitation in Pennsylvania. And a gem out there in Western Snyder County, if you've ever been out there. Very, very uh, it's much. just and, really uh, beautiful out And there. I say thanks, Bob. 
there you go. Uh, speaking of the, the former, you know, Governor Casey, there's his son doing some good work. And, well, it looks like my former boss might be doing some work, too. Lots of state tax relief is coming as the General Assembly has voted to pass as part of this year's state budget. State Senator John Gordner says $140 million targets those who have been struggling most during hard times. It's called the Child and Dependent Care Enhancement Program. It aims to return up to 30% of child care-related expenses for those who fall under certain income limits. And that is the news that fits. That's news. And give us a call at 800-795-9565. Quick weather report, Todd. Hot and humid. Hot and humid and hot and humid. So that would be hot and humid today, Saturday and Sunday. Watch out for the thunderstorms, folks. Take cover. Watch your radar. Turn on the weather channel or uh, get your alerts. But uh, beware with the high humidity and the temperatures. A very good chance of thunderstorms throughout the weekend. But it's going to be hot and humid and I believe Sunday 97. So uh, uh, be aware. But uh, get out and enjoy the weekend. Uh, you are going to be on the Susquehanna River here this afternoon, so you'll be enjoying um, the scenery and probably uh, some adult beverages, I'm going to say. But uh, be safe out there and hydrate. Absolutely. I think we have our beverages ready to go. <laughs> Good. Back to the question. Uh, sure. So Harrisburg in how it works, uh, but, but what... You know, w- with the divide, as you talked about, so so what is not working from from this standpoint? And I and I throw this out that we see a lot of bureaucratic mess. We see DEP don't expect permits. The frustration there. We see on the federal side, like the Corps of Engineers and that holding up projects and the regulations. But but the basics in Harrisburg is it a lack of a leadership with priorities and somebody to stand behind that is it is it uh, that divided that the policies can't be merged into meaning that you're saying people on the left and people on the right they can't merge that in uh, you know uh, misunderstanding the tax situation on what motivates people what motivates businesses to stay here or to come here yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you talk about DEP. We, I, re, I remember when Governor Ridge was in office. It mm-hmm. was called DER then, Department of Na- uh, Environmental Resources. Resources. And the state parks and, and the state forests were part of DEP. Split them apart, created the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, which I think is doing a half-decent job right now. You look at some of the stuff that's going on down at the marina mm-hmm. uh, and, and Lake Augusta, um, you know, that's their bailiwick. Uh, Governor Ridge tried to streamline DEP, and I think did a pretty good job, you know, back in the 90s. But, you know, that was a long time ago. We may have new federal environmental standards, too, that have been passed down, you know, since that point. You have to understand that states a lot of times are forced into implementing federal laws and and federal priorities. And it might not necessarily be, you know, um, know, what, what the secretary of that particular department would like to try to accomplish. Maybe he or she can only whittle around around the edges. You know, I think government can still work in the fact that, you know, we're still 
building roads and bridges. Uh, we're still getting our driver's licenses. But yeah, you're right. Some of these big job creation projects, I think about the cracker plant out in western Pennsylvania and how yeah, that's been there, yeah. how that's been delayed, you know, again, because of, of permitting and certain environmental regulations and, and, and difficulties like that. So uh, again, you say government should operate like a business. The problem Bus- is, is... Business-like. Yeah, the problem is unlike a business, you know, where you're, you're at work at your business and you can call up the people you know that are running all the departments and say I want this done this done and this done and I want to report by the end of the week the governor can't do that mm-hmm. he does have some control over the cabinet secretaries but of course he has no control over the general assembly who are pushing their own priorities you know at, at the time so uh, it's very difficult you also have to remember that businesses can for the most part pick their customers they know who their target audience is, and they know who they want to patronize their business. They have certain clients. Um, for example, I'm not going to walk in off the street probably and say to LB Water, uh, could I have some pipe to put in my backyard? Maybe I could since I know you. Uh, with the, we do have counter sales with, in with, the back. With the new Reikley Tower being built in Sealands. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> it's LB Water. LB Water offices. But, you know, y- you have to go through layers, you know, mm-hmm. in the government. And frankly, there is always, and I am not going to speak badly of attorneys, but there is always some attorney making sure that the T's are being crossed and the I's are being dotted. Um, so it's you know, it's it's not an efficient way to run things, but then again, government was never set up to be efficient. The founders set up government to be in conflict, actually, with the three different branches and, and the checks and balances. Is the Pennsylvania state legislature too large? Well, there were proposals at the time that I was still in Harrisburg, notably by Speaker Sam Smith, <laughs> uh, when Sam was there, to cut the size of the House, I believe, by 50 Mm. Um, and the Senate was all in favor of that. Of course, the House wanted to cut the size of the Senate, too. Um, Senate districts, there's 50 senators. Senate districts, you know, I think are roughly 250 to 300,000 people. Um, generally, in an area like this, it'll encompass four or five counties. Um, that's, that's a pretty workable uh, area. Do we need 203 representatives? Maybe, you know, as someone who used to work in the Senate and be frustrated by the House every once in a while, uh, you know, may- maybe not. But um, the, the the big deal, you know, for House members especially, especially the younger ones, is they are going to rely on a lot of constituent service. In other words, working the folks back home until they can build up enough seniority in Harrisburg to get the better committee assignments or even a committee chairmanship, you know, where the real power resides, you know, in the, in the General Assembly. So, you know, th- does it work? I guess it depends upon your, your point of view. When, when, I, when you say 203 reps and, and 50 senators mm-hmm. uh, next to California, I believe we are the largest uh, governmental body. I think one of the New England states actually has a larger one, but they are part-time. It part-time. might be like New Hampshire or something like that. Okay. Te- Texas and Georgia are part-time, part-time also. also right. Part. But w- when, you, when you get into the growth of Pennsylvania, and you and I talked about this before, I believe 1969, 1970, the budget was somewhere around $1.2 billion, I believe. And when you look at the budget now in the mid-40s, uh, have, have we gotten out of control? Is, is Has government 
become its own monster. Yeah, if you look at the little graph that I sent you earlier this yep. week, you know, when I when I you actually made me do a little bit of research, which you know felt like I was back at work. Thanks a lot. Uh, that line <laughs> really goes up, you know, quite substantially. I remember back, speaking of Governor Casey, one of those budgets we did that one year during Governor Casey's last couple in office, we, we reached $13 billion, and I thought that that was just an incredible number for 13 million Pennsylvanians. So that's 1990, 91? That, that would be, yeah, the late 80s, early 90s, you know, 13 okay. billion, but yeah, they're up to 40 billion today. Now, do costs rise? You know, yeah, they, they do. Um, I know that government really hasn't gotten that much bigger. As a matter of fact, um, there were a lot of vacancies, you know, when I when I was in Harrisburg, um, especially after 2001, the economic downturn, and especially after 2008, there were a lot of positions left unfilled. That may be some of the problem with DEP and not getting permits, but, uh, you know, state government in Pennsylvania, in terms of at least the numbers of employees, has never been bloated. Some of the salaries may be getting, you know, a little bit large now in terms of what the public may view as a civil servant salary. Well, if it didn't get bigger, did it get better? No, did it get better? You know, I always felt that you had to pay good people, um, you know, to, to get good work. No, you know, I, I never minded hiring a talented person and, and, and uh, being able to compensate them fairly as long as it fit within the budget. Todd Roop, appreciate this information. We're going to keep the hour going. Call us at 800-795-9565 is listening on the mark. We're going to take a uh, quick break here and uh, we will come back with some more insight on how Harrisburg works and how maybe it doesn't work. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is a paid advertisement for legal services. Ricky LeBlanc, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Admitted in Massachusetts only. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. Members, Paul J. Morgan, Winter Park, Florida. Nick Neiswander, Florence, Kentucky. Rich Graybo, 970 Farmington Avenue, West Hartford, Connecticut. 860-904-7789. Michael Bogonzalez, admitted Louisiana. Filing number LA-22-13614. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other attorneys. I am a paid non-attorney spokesperson. Attention U.S. Marines. Veterans were exposed to toxic chemicals in the drinking water on Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987. Exposure to these chemicals increased the risk for cancer, birth defects, and other serious health problems. If you or a loved one were exposed to contaminated water on Camp Lejeune, you may be entitled to compensation. A new law gives legal rights to those harmed. It is not too late to take action. Call Sokolov Law now for a free legal consultation at 1-800-397-8100. 1-800-397-8100. 1-800-397-8100. 
It's hard for businesses to find the right employees for the right positions. I can help. My name is Melissa Weaver, and I'm a marketing and recruitment consultant for SBC Media Partners. I can help you find and retain those valuable employees with our successful multi-level recruitment campaigns. We can reach your future employees through their smartphones, TV, or radio. It doesn't have to be a challenge to find great employees. Just email me, mweaver at wqkx.com, and we can start talking about how you will find your ideal hire. From the very beginning, we're all about being connected. And year after year, through every stage of life, that need grows even stronger. Which is why Penn Teledata never stops improving our advanced fiber network. We connect the things that matter most. Businesses, schools, healthcare, governments, and of course, the people who make our community strong. This is technology with a purpose. Stay connected with Penn Teledata. We are back, and you're listening to On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. I guess I should ask Rob. Rob, has, is there any news on Carlos Santana, who actually <laughs> collapsed on stage, I believe, a couple of weeks ago? Last I heard, he was doing better, and he was going to get back on stage in the next week or so. Okay, I hope so, because I have tickets for him in Hershey in about two weeks. Yeah, I, I think you're good to go. <sighs> okay. I, I believe he caught a masseuse... And I think she's a black magic woman that's going to bring him back. Well, you know, it, it, it's amazing. You know, we, we go to see these aging rockers because, you know, <laughs> we figure if, if, if they're healthy enough to crawl up on stage and play, we can go see them. But, uh, you know, you need, you need to worry about their health sometimes. Well, it's interesting. You see the aging rockers compared to the aging athletes. And uh, again, yeah. uh, one of my favorites, the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see Mr. Richards, if Mr. Richards chooses to pass away, I hope he yeah. donates his body to science yeah, because uh, nobody knows why he's made it almost to 80. But uh, I, I remember the last time we saw Paul McCartney. I mean, three hours, and I'm in my seat exhausted, and that mm-hmm. 75-year-old man is jumping up and down on stage playing "Hey Jude." You know, pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I will say, uh, great venues locally. We got some excellent local artists that are playing uh, uh, Frank Wicker Band uh, Frank's a great guy uh, too. and a lot of the other bands I'm going to miss uh, the Bad Lees I think have made some sort of reunion around here but uh, last Saturday I know it was a political fundraiser in one part but uh, got to see a uh, uh, performance that uh, I've only stayed for three quarters of it, but performance that was excellent over at Spyglass. Well, you missed Cheryl the best part. The last quarter of the concert uh, was the best part. Probably, but Cheryl Crow and her band put on, it almost sounded like a CD being played out there. Yeah, she excellent was Excellent band, very good, and uh, a great venue over there at Spyglass. Folks, uh, if you get a chance, we got a lot of wineries around this area, but but get out and, and when these uh, venues have some events, because entertainment in the Susquehanna Valley is alive and well. The guy who really got live entertainment going on, and especially a lot of the local res- establishments, was close to 20 years ago now, but was the late, great Steve Mitchell, when Steve oh, yeah. moved back from mm-hmm. California. Yep. Um, Steve was, of course, you know, a well-known drummer, Grammy Award winner, you know, played on a lot of people's records that you don't know Steve's on it, but mm-hmm. he's there. And he got guys together, and he went to the venues, and now, you know, as a result of that, um, you can go pretty much you have your choice. Three, four places any any weekend night around here in the central Susquehanna Valley to see some great music. And on a Tuesday night, 
in Fisher's Ferry is some of the best entertainment that you can They'll see pack at Penn's, that deck, yeah. Penn's Tavern on the deck with the river right there. And the great, uh, oh, uh, who's the, uh, Ann... Uh, and Kerstetter? Yeah, Kerstetter. Mm-hmm. We'll go down there and play. But no, good. Uh, I, I, I will say very good entertainment and very professional. And you'll see uh, up on uh, Three Beards on Sunday, you'll see these bands yep. come together and they do improv jams. I mean, they yep. just, just show up and start playing. And Kerstetter, who, uh, you know, back, back in high school, was a, uh, the lead singer of Crosstown Bus, a very no. famous very famous local band. And then Ann, you know, went off and got her teaching degree and, you know, had a kid and, you know, went out and lived her life. It was Steve Mitchell who encouraged Ann to get up and sing one night at a party. I was there. Oh, and it was the first time Ann had gotten up and sang. Was that party at the Than Mitchell's house? That would be at the oh. Than and Margaret Mitchell's house. <laughs> and Ann got up that night and sang and said, you know what? I have missed this. And uh, ever since, she has been out there. And uh, man, the, the, the girl can sing, folks. The girl can really sing. Yeah, no, sing. good entertainment. Get out and enjoy it. And I, I'm going to laugh, but I'm going to throw out shoot, when you talk about the band's Jess you talk mm-hmm. about those bands coming out of uh, Harpo, coming out of the Sunbury area. So uh, good entertainment and get out. And you know what? These are topics that I don't think uh, Mark and Joe cover very often. I don't think. Uh, does Joe <laughs> Does Joe even listen to music anymore? Let's get into one. Can he hear? Well, sometimes if you use that knob on that You know, thing. speaking of Spyglass, Jeff Dunham was, this, was yeah, just there. Yeah, was just over there. 5,000 people, yeah, maybe? Joe is looking amazingly like Walter in his <laughs> in his older age. He, uh, it's, it's amazing. Put a picture of Joe next to a picture of Walter, and it's like, wow. Oops. Sorry, Joe. Quick question sure. uh, that uh, people somewhat, at least I get frustrated about this. They don't know the dirty little secret. Pennsylvania Turnpike. Right. Why in Sam Hill, and I don't know who Sam Hill is, but why in Sam Hill is the Turnpike having so much turmoil? So much turmoil. When the original law that created the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission was passed to build the Turnpike, um, it, they floated bonds to mm-hmm. build the Turnpike. The Turnpike Commission existed to build the highway, administer the highway, and the law stated at the time, I think it probably is still on the books, is that when the Turnpike Commission is out of debt, the Turnpike Commission will cease. That'd be a big empty building down there, wouldn't it? Well, and the Turnpike Commission has never gone out <laughs> of debt. Now, some of that, you know, is certainly related to, um, you know, continuing to build out. You know, the system, um, the Mon Valley Expressway, for mm-hmm. example, um, the the Northeastern North Extension, uh, you know, certainly. Was, and, and the Turnpike itself, and I'll be on it on Sunday, uh, heading east this time, um, you know, certainly, you know, requires upkeep, you know, and maintenance. It was the nation's first superhighway. But, yes, the Turnpike Commission has been a bastion of political intrigue for years. A lot of people went to jail. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that one of the Turnpike rest stops is named after a former chairman who served time in jail <laughs> because of <laughs> what what happened on the Turnpike. But but the real one of the real funding problems was when the original proposal came to toll Interstate 80. Mm-hmm. And that legislation actually passed. Act... Uh, 
Uh, Jeez, I lost. I, the I don't now. even, you know, I don't remember what the act was, number. Yeah, what I want to say forty nine eighty two set hut. But but the problem is, is when 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 the tolling of eighty ultimately got shot down, it became it was also part of that law that the Turnpike Commission was expected to contribute money toward the rest of Pennsylvania's infrastructure, mm-hmm. and and that was a spiral that I don't know that they've gotten out of yet. I know they need to get out of it. Um, you know, you've seen some modernization efforts on the turnpike. When we drive down to Philadelphia on Sunday, we will not see a toll taker. You know, no. they've gotten rid of all the toll takers, and they've moved to, you know, electronic tolling. Just came back from Pittsburgh. and was on yep. that uh, Donegal to Fort Littleton stretch. Yep. Understand that they're having trouble catching up with the people who don't have easy pass, you know, when they take pictures of their license mm-hmm. plates. Um, you know, there's a real easy way to solve that. You know, you've got a database down there. You can't renew your car registration until you pay your turnpike. You know, fee. How's that sound? Might make a little sense if you don't pay your bill, can you get service? No, uh, no, exactly. So you know, that's that's the problem. One of the other transportation funding problems we have right now is the funding of uh, of some of the state police budget. You know, mm-hmm. out of out of transportation funds. Now, when that originally came up, it was a modest amount of money, and it was a reasonable explanation. Look, we have to patrol especially the turnpike, we're, we're patrolling the turnpike, we're, we're patrolling your highways, you know, you should really kick in for that. The problem is this, the state police budget just ballooned over the years, and one of the reasons is legacy costs. Yep. Um, you know, God bless the troopers who are out there protecting us and putting their lives on the line every day, but they can retire at 50 years old. And there's a lot of pension padding going on, especially in the last five years of their service when they're working a lot of overtime, Mm -hmm. because that bumps up your final average salary, which is one of the things that's based on, that your pension is based on, you know, in the formula. So I think that they were supposed to address that in this year's budget. I I don't know if you've heard any more about that, and I don't pay close enough attention to know that. I have not seen the details of that in there, but again, our, our, our state pension system uh, oh boy, overhaul would be a polite way, but it is not going to be sustainable sure. in the next 5, 10, 15. You're on it. Yep. You, you, okay, but he, here I'm is under this, the old system. Yeah, the, if the old system's the old system, okay, we'll honor that as, as sure. people in Pennsylvania. But there has to be a system that allows decent qualified workers who want to work in state government to be in state government. Sure. But it cannot be a system that runs amok over the private sector. Yeah, there's there's a two-tiered system now. Uh, this occurred very early in the Wolf administration, had to uh, frustrate the heck out of Tom Corbett, because Tom Corbett <laughs> yes, tried to get pension reform done, with a Republican General Assembly, by the way, and couldn't get it done. Um, it, it was done during maybe the first year or two of the Wolf administration. Uh, the incoming hires are under a hybrid system where part of it is the defined benefit and mm-hmm. part of it is uh, private sector 401 yeah type exactly of 401 for well, right it's a hybrid type of thing it's probably still a fairly generous pension and you know I'll admit sitting here right now that I have a very generous pension on the other hand you know I drove back and forth to Harrisburg for 28 years gave him an honest day's work every day and contributed to it myself mm-hmm. uh, there, there is a uh, but yeah it it, it, it sort of really got out of balance for a while the public school, pension system is actually in worse shape than the state Mm -hmm. pension system. Um, So whether that's, you know, kind of balancing out now that we've had 
close to 10 years, is it, you know, under this uh, new hybrid system or not? And as older people like me get out um, and everybody who comes in will be under this new tiered system where they assume part of the risk and the other part is still the defined benefit, you know, I, I don't know. but. I just talked to a gentleman, uh, same conversation, talking about school funding. His, his wife has retired after 38 years, mm-hmm. and they, they did everything. Threw a party every week to get her to retire mm-hmm. because she was on the high end of that. Sure. And, and you see where the numbers go. But again, sustainability. Uh, you know, and going back to what we talked about in the budgets, and you know how the budget's made. But I say on the national level, we got to get back to regular order so we can see the priorities. But on the state level, what are the priorities? Now, a Democratic governor is going to have different priorities you than bet. a Republican governor. You got the House and Senate. But what are the priorities in Pennsylvania, and what are we missing from a standpoint uh, how how the budget works and why it doesn't? And my, my point is, what's the strength of Pennsylvania? And right now, it's location. Natural resources. Natural resources. Do we maximize the effort there? And believe me, I have no problem with the environment in this way, being a conservationist. I don't know a lot of farmers that try to ruin the land because it's going to be hard to use that land to make a living. I do understand there have been businesses. But remember, back in the 50s and 60s, they dumped things maybe on the property and that's that was a practice well, now, no, and then you know people thought okay what do you do with this and then all of a sudden wait it's probably not good that your stream is turning orange uh, i will likely jump into the river today when we're down there on mm-hmm. it i uh, probably wouldn't have done that back in the 60s or 70s and and yes you know we we we, we want to keep our keep our environment clean but again you say about priorities about 80% of the budget is already set yes. before it's even introduced because you have payments you know for well, the hold particular it. You, you, talking about you have two scenarios fiscal budget and general budget well correct you have the general fund budget and and that lists basically how much is going to be spent in each particular place for a particular program one of the things that uh, the media finally caught on down in Harrisburg is every year that a budget was passed the fiscal code was also passed along with that the fiscal code tells you how the money is going to be spent not only where the money is going to be sent but how the money is going to be spent and that is where the goodies come in now i'll give you an example of a good goodie in our town sealands grove brand new library brand new borough hall the state helped pay for that state paid for about half of that because we worked on that funding grant, you know, for mm-hmm. that. Because we felt that the library was a very important community resource. And it is. Mm-hmm. So, But anyway, that's where the goodies are tucked, into the fiscal budget. People used to say we used to hide the money because the fiscal budget would say a library in a borough of the second class and a county of the sixth class. <laughs> but there's actually a real constitutional reason that you can't, because you're not allowed to actually direct Mm-hmm. An appropriation constitutionally in Pennsylvania, so it has to be this this broad thing. And then, as you would write that law, you would write in 
and or for the town of Bloomsburg. <laughs> because there's always an exception in laws when they talk about boroughs and that, but you have to, except for the yeah, still, town of Bloomsburg. Still the only incorporated town uh, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. That one was always hard to hide because, you yes. know, when you would say that this money will go and fund a library and an incorporated town in a county of the fourth class, that pretty much narrowed it down to Bloomsburg. But, uh, so so you got the fiscal budget and right. you got the general budget. So when you're talking about that, that's that was the bass awkwardness of the money's well, okay, again, this yeah. is where it's going to be spent right. and now you have to start, we, we start to put out the puzzle what, together. What, what's the spend number? Now how do we match the revenues to do it? Part of the thing that really frustrated me especially toward the end is the increase in alcohol taxes, the increase in cigarette taxes, mm-hmm. and the establishment of gambling in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Now, vices on vices on yeah, vices. I am not opposed to smoking, drinking, or gambling at all. Mm-hmm. You want to smoke, drink, and gamble? You want to do all three at the same time? Have at it. But the government depends upon you to basically do destructive behavior so it can fund Yes. It's particular programs. Well, is, isn't that the, uh, I always call it the, the uncle scenario, where they want you to do vices. Mm-hmm. They will tax you to the point that you just don't say uncle. You're right up to it. Exactly. But tax it, and they need that tax revenue. I still do not understand why the medical fields are not jumping up and down about cigarette smoking. Now, should a person be able to smoke cigarettes? But look at insurance rates. And mm-hmm. look when you go to get insurance rates. Non-smoker, smoker. So, the, you know, that's a personal choice. But in the private sector, the insurance companies, they make amends because they know yep. what a rate is for a smoker and sure. a non-smoker. But again, going back to your point, the government is asking or saying promoting vices they promote the lottery. They're promoting vices because there's revenue on the back end right. for them. We, we need you to smoke, drink, and gamble. Um, they, they won't legalize marijuana for recreational use in Pennsylvania until something happens, until they need the money, because <laughs> there is such an aversion to raising taxes. We actually have a pretty reasonable personal income tax rate in Pennsylvania, yeah. just over 3%. 3% if we would fix the sales tax code and you want to talk about special interests coming out of the woodwork just propose modernizing the sales tax code oh clothing and food yeah. make it make it clothing and food but it's even you know screwier in Pennsylvania because you know if you buy your food at the store it's not taxable unless it's maybe candy mm-hmm. But you go out to a restaurant, you know, and that's taxable. Um, But again, hardly any services are taxed in Pennsylvania. I I remember a hearing one time, and a senator really, really caught somebody. Uh, It was actually a smart question. A dry cleaner was in talking about, no, you, you cannot put a sales tax on my business. The average dry cleaning bill is $50. You can't add that $3, you know, to the bill. This was under the tax reform proposal where we would eliminate property taxes. And the senator said, okay, $50 is your average bill. You're going to ask somebody to pay $3 more. By the way, what is their property tax bill that we're about to eliminate? Oh, property taxes are probably four or $5,000 in our district. Okay, so they're going to get a four to $5,000 break on their property taxes, and they can't afford $3 to come bring their dry cleaning to you. And there was not a real good answer, you know, back on that. That is the sausage that uh, starts to get made or remade. But we're going to take a break. Uh, you're listening to Insights from... Uh, 
a life in Harrisburg as a uh, political staffer. From Todd Rube, glad to have Todd with us today. You're listening On The Mark from the Sunbury Motor Company. We will be back shortly. How did you sleep last night? Did you toss and turn? Did you wake up feeling sore and achy? Hi, this is Dave Moyer for the Benjamin T. Moyer Furniture Store in Sunbury. I believe that if you're not sleeping on a Schiffman mattress, then you're not getting the best night's rest. For over 129 years, Schiffman handcrafts the finest mattresses in the world, using all-natural cotton and making each set, even pillow top styles, with two sides for long-lasting comfort. This July, during the lowest price of the year sale, save up to 50% off factory-suggested retail, plus save an extra 10% off when you order your mattress in a closeout cover. You can purchase any of Schiffman's 15 styles, and when ordered in a closeout cover, you get the extra 10% discount. From their $764 starting price queen set to the top of their line, every model is included. Sleep natural, sleep better, sleep longer on a two-sided Schiffman mattress. Please visit the Benjamin T. Moyer Furniture Store in Sunbury. Lowest price of the year sale ends Saturday, July 30th. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Baseball. Basketball. Soccer. Tennis. No matter what your game is, defense matters. Same thing goes for COVID-19. Help protect yourself with a booster shot. Now recommended for people five years and older. Schedule an appointment as soon as you are eligible following completion of your primary series. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and joy. Gain presents a tale of longing and long-lasting scent. Dear love of my life, we were on the 12B bus when I caught a whiff. A scent so fresh, so life-changing, I had to find its source. I didn't know if you were the woman in the pink freshly washed cardigan or the retired mailman next to me, but I knew one of you was my soulmate. Ah, the scent of Gain Flings. Add Gain Scent Beads for an even longer-lasting scent. Hi, everybody. John Crispin on today's show to talk basketball. 3 to 5, News Radio 1070, WKOK. Okay, Rob, you lost me on that bumper music. Was that the double Dutch jump roping? I cannot name that tune in any number of notes. It's a song from uh, probably seven or eight years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, well, then. Yeah, sorry. Actually, the name actually just left my head. I'll think okay. about it for a while. Seven or eight years ago. I'm <laughs> sorry. That just doesn't exist for me. Oh, yeah. Is there, is there rock and roll after Play 19... some Zeppelin, man. <laughs> is there rock and roll after 1970? <laughs> we got a couple callers coming in before we get to a very interesting uh, uh, comment uh, from Todd. We're going to talk about the goods and bads of Harrisburg. 
Joseph, you are on the mark. Yes, uh, I heard you talking about taxes. This isn't why I called, but uh, I had a friend that had a quick loop station down across from uh, on the Shemokin Dam there, down across from uh, uh, the mall. Anyway, he ha- officials come up from Harrisburg. He would not collect sales tax. I don't know what uh, he knew the Constitution pretty good. I think it's the Thirteenth or Sixteenth Amendment, involuntary servitude, had to do with slavery. I think, but he he quoted that, and these officials said, "Oh." Oh, that you know, you still have to pay. Well, this guy determined he did not pay, and there was nothing that they threatened to do a lot of things, but they couldn't do anything to him. He said, I'm not working for the government. I'm not going to be your tax collector. And he never charged sales tax, and uh, they couldn't do nothing about it. At least they didn't do anything about it. Well, it sound- that's not why I called in. Well, it sounds like he should have had a flag outside that said, don't tread on Don't me. tread on me. <laughs> huh <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. and you called in Joseph anyway when I called in the other day I didn't get the call uh, Van called in he made a very good point about why these young uh, people are killing people with no seemingly have no conscience at all you know just uh, just up and point blank executing them you know and he was saying because of violence and stuff and I agree 100% with what he said and uh, what, I, what I wanted to say is uh, what he didn't say is that uh, in the last days, which we are living in, it says there'll be uh, you know seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil, people having their conscience seared with a hot iron, and that's exactly what it is. They have no conscience, and I think this goes back to uh, when I can remember when Gorn with the wind come out with Clark Gable, and when he said, "Frankly, sir, I don't give century. a damn." It shocked the world. I mean, he said, damn, on a, on a movie, and it shocked the world. And from that time on, that was the beginning of evil that spread throughout the world. Uh, it seems like an innocent thing, but it is what it is. And look what they say now. The F word is every other word in a lot of shows, and, and MF, you know, and, and just uh, vulgar conversation. And another thing, I was watching uh, news on uh, Ukraine, uh, here a couple of weeks ago, uh, about a month ago, and they were saying, now, these are graphic scenes of, of, of terrible scenes, what the Russians did to Ukraine, and now get the children out of the room and things like this. <laughs> and when they showed it, oh, it was, you didn't, I didn't see any blood, I didn't see any guts, I didn't see any heads blown off. They had people laying on the road with blankets all over them. My goodness, you watch any movie and you'll see a head fly off or, or someone having his insides torn out or hung, you know, or, or hacked up with a chainsaw. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And that serious no, people's conscience. They have no conscience uh, toward anything anymore. Okay. Well, that's right. I think uh, have we become uh, sort of... Desensitized. Yeah, yeah, well, you, ha- you have to remember that, you know, one of the last parts of the brain that develops in young people is, is, the, is the factor that determines consequences. Um, I, I think that people aren't thinking about the consequences of their actions anymore and, and what they, they will eventually, hopefully, be held accountable for it. And, you know, again, how do we solve that? How do we make better parents? How do we make stronger schools? Uh, whoever comes up with that idea, you know, can be my president, but I, I, don't, I don't know that anybody has the real answer out there. No. Joseph, well, you know, thank, thanks what, for the call, what? and uh, the guys will look oh, forward to your call. When I was a young, just a young, young boy, I watched The Lone Ranger back in the 50s, you know, 
and it would excite me so much I'd just go out of the house and, and pretend I had a horse to ride. Uh, but what I'm saying here is that people see these people jump off a building and nothing happens to them. They roll and get up and run away and uh, things like that. And uh, it seems like you're saying there's no consequence. You can't jump off a, even a 20-foot building and not break a leg or an arm or something. You know what I mean? Yep, risk and, and reward, uh, Joseph. And we got another call. We're going to jump up, but have a good weekend, Kimasabi. We're going to go to Milton again. Dick from Milton, you're on the mark. Yeah, make this quick. I heard you talking about the state and the benefit program, defined benefits. Well, back in the mid-80s, it was actually 1987, the federal government switched away from civil service to federal employees' retirement, the first program. And you, you could stay on the civil service. I mean, they didn't make you switch over. And I already had 20 years under civil service. So I didn't know what, I did, wasn't sure what was going to happen with this program, so I didn't switch. And I'm glad I didn't. I retired at 55 with 37 years and four months. I bought my Army time back. And, and they really wanted, like you said, they, they wanted to get rid of people like me. But everybody under the federal government in that time switched to this. I don't care if you work in the White House, the Capitol, the federal prison system, or wherever. They switched everybody over to federal employees, which was a 401K and a defined benefit, a little bit of defined benefit plus Social Security. Yeah, and you know, so, so they've been switched for years and years and years. On, on the federal side, the state side is more recent. Yeah, state side since Governor Wolf's first right. term in office. Yeah. Right. But one of the things. Well, that, they th- Dick, when you, you say that, though, is, okay, so you retired at 55. Uh, right. I, I take it you had a little, you had some gas left in the tank. So, yes, you're getting a salary or compensation at this level, but also your experience and on the job. So w- when some of these school districts, you know, or in some of these areas want to say, okay, some of the older people will give you an incentive to retire, also what goes, I always thought, what goes along with this is the value added yourself or somebody with that experience and time in the saddle brought to the job? Well, so, as I was going to tell you, so what happened is uh, I had enough quarters paid into Social Security to do Social Security, and since then I've been working. In fact, I'm at work today at Bucknell. I still pay the Social Security. I get a little bit of I don't make as much because because of the of, because of the federal pension. They take the only they only get about 20 percent of your Social Security at the time. So it is what it is. I mean, I, I do I have a nice pension. I'll let it go at that. But I had 37 years and four months of, to accrue it, too. Well, no. Nick, thanks for your government yeah, service. Right. People, well, people well. don't thank people enough that work in government. And most of the people who work in government are good people who are trying to do a good job. And uh, Well, here I am. They don't get I'm 78 and still working today. Enjoy, I, but I enjoy working some. Yeah, but, have uh, a good day. Yeah, I'd say thanks for your military service. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so... As we were talking beforehand, and uh, we'll pull the curtain back a little bit on Harrisburg, and uh, you know, in- interesting part about taxes is who pays the taxes, who doesn't pay the taxes when mm-hmm. you get into the federal and state side. Well, let's go to Harrisburg. Sure. Folks that were very good, and then folks that should have been better. There are... We're talking political. We're right, talking we're talking about, about the elected s- folks. Secretaries also, yep. too, maybe some people uh, who... Sure. Um, you know, and, and I would say that most of the people that I ran into during my career were, you know, at heart, you know, good people, mm-hmm. um, especially in the Senate. Um, I mean, I have tremendous amount of respect for both Senator Gordner and Senator Helfrich, Senator Madigan and Senator mm-hmm. Yall, you know, yeah. and our area has been very, very fortunate. Good people, smart people, there for the right reasons. The smartest senator I ever knew, and one that I liked a lot, 
was probably the guy who was the most crooked, and that would be the famous Vincent Fumo <laughs> of Philadelphia. <laughs> now, the guy was a genius, very smart. We mm-hmm. worked closely with him on a lot of issues. Well, he's too smart, obviously. Uh, Senator Helfrich used to say Vince is too smart for his own good. Someday he's going to get caught. But, I mean, loved the guy. Uh, you know, and... Just an example of his personality, when he went to federal prison, I think it was in Kentucky or Tennessee, within a week there, the inmates were calling him senator, and he was basically running the show. <laughs> interesting, interesting character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, you hear different stories, but uh, you lift it down there. We're going to take one more break, and we're going to finish up with Tales from Harrisburg by Todd Roop. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. If you're a homeowner and you're making high-interest payments to the credit card companies every month, we have one question for you. Why? Why would you pay 16%, 20% on a credit card when in maybe two weeks, Equity Now can close a debt consolidation mortgage for you and make all that crazy interest credit card debt go away? Paid. Zero. Gone. Equity Now's mortgage refinance rates are among the lowest in the country. So refinance with Equity Now and you can cut your total monthly payments hundreds, even thousands of dollars. One new payment, hundreds, maybe thousands in savings. Hey, if credit card debt is crushing you, call us. Apply for free. Get a quote. Call 844-632-LEND. 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 Equity Now. Helping homeowners since 1984. 52 East High Street, Carlisle, PA. NMLS number 1564. Licensed mortgage lender, Pennsylvania. Equal housing lender. Restrictions and criteria apply. Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket. Pushing a wet, heavy mop around. Then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer WetJet. With Swiffer WetJet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet, the faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors. The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Former Nittany Lion quarterback Christian Hackenberg, you've transitioned into doing some coaching along the way, and you've done some work with Bill Belton. I was 25 minutes from his alma mater, and he's like, dude, come help me. Last year was my first year, and it was uh, good for me because I always kind of had an idea that I wanted to get back in, in and around the game in that capacity. The Steve Jones Show, 3 to 5 weekdays on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Thank you. 
Rob, you are the man. Your wish is my command. Oh, a little Led Zeppelin and maybe their signature song to real Led Zeppelin fans. Yeah, Cashmere. Yeah. Cashmere. What are their top five for sure? I mean, wow. I like uh, I like uh, Dazed and Confused, maybe because well, that's my normal confused. state. You know, uh, very, I like Good uh, Times, Bad Times. Very uh, good movie, Dazed and Confused. Yep. And all ramble and ramble on. Yeah, ramble. Uh, which all, is what we're about to do. Was it all right? All right? All right? Yeah. With Dazed and Confused. <laughs> but uh, we were finishing up on uh, a little bit of Harrisburg. Uh, what would you say? Let's start with the uh, highlight and low light okay. of your time in Harrisburg. If I could wave a magic wand, here's how I'd fix Harrisburg. First of all, I would initiate some lobbying reform, which I know that they've tried to whittle around the edges, but mm-hmm. there's too much outside money coming in right now to influence policy that ne- doesn't necessarily benefit Joe and Jane citizen. Mm-hmm. It benefits a particular industry or a particular segment. I don't know how you get away from the way they redistrict now because computers have it down to a science. They can pick out a block and the block next door can be put into a different district if it doesn't perform. But I think if you could get redistricting reform and lobbying reform and maybe limit the amount of money that's coming in, uh, you, you would see you know, a whole, lot of, a whole lot of difference. I've seen, as you said, there was good and bad in Harrisburg. I've seen good people go bad in Harrisburg. People who came in as reformers and ended up in jail because they got caught up in the excitement of it, the money that could be made on the side, you know, we just talked about Pelosi's husband for a little bit uh, off mic, mm-hmm. but you know uh, that that but how you how you bring those tigers back into the cage is, is something that would elude me. Is there a scenario where you could see a smaller? I mean, it has to go through two two. Uh, houses. I mean, it has to go through two sets. A constitutional sets amendment. A constitutional amendment. Yep, two, to, two different to, sessions and then before the voters. To, to, to lower the uh, number of uh, participants, I, I not think, just in the House, yeah, but the Senate. I think it would pass overwhelmingly. The problem is the Senate wanted to reduce the size of the House, and the House you know, wanted to mm-hmm. also reduce the size of the Senate, and the senators were having nothing uh, to do with that. So. And we did talk about that earlier, and yep. the senators are going to protect themselves, of course. Hey, this time went fast. Went fast. Uh, we appreciate uh, your time. Uh, in- insights from Harrisburg, the life and story of Todd Roof. I think there's a book there, maybe a podcast down the road. As long as I can get a little bit of money out of it, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. Thank you. It's on the mark. Uh, you'll see, oh, you'll see, I'm sorry, you'll hear Joe and Mark on Monday. Uh, on the mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. This is WKOK.